Welcome back to all my skate videos. My name's Carl. We're here to chat about Static 2, which is under the Theories brand. I think before Theories came into play, I don't own a copy. I had to borrow a copy. So shout out to Zeb Snyder in Philly. Thanks for letting me borrow that. Uh, we're going to chat with Brian, who's a, of course, fan favorite of the pod, reporting live from Chicago. How are things, Brian? Things are great. I'm, I'm halfway through this uh, full throttle. It's true blue flavor. So <laughs> I've got probably about 45 minutes before I crash. What do you like about that flavor? Uh, it was 99 cents at the gas station. Nice. Okay. Well, thanks for being here with us. Let us know how that goes uh, today. Ian, you got a haircut and you're in Lancaster. Is there anything else that we need to know? No. Good. Glad you're here. And we're also joined with special guest affiliated with theories, Jake. Jake, how are things? Where are you? I'm in my South Philly backyard, not far from you. Chilling. There, yeah. Yeah. This is true. I probably with, stones with, throw away, some would say. Yeah, with a silver bullet. Why do you think we called upon you for today? What makes you such a good candidate to chat static to? Uh, well, you asked me to do a magenta video, which I told you, no, a great magenta video, but I'm not a magenta guy. Love magenta though. And then I asked to do static three and then I found out you did static three without me. And I was a little upset. So then I called you out and now I'm here doing static two. And what makes you such a good candidate for these static videos? Oh, we'll hop right uh, to it. okay. Yeah. I work for theories. Josh Stewart is my boss. How is that? Uh, pretty dope, honestly. He's a nice he's a, guy. He's a super nice guy, super mellow guy, and uh, yeah, it's fun to fun to pick his uh, his brain on a daily basis. Definitely, I've only had one or two interactions with Josh when they did the pop up at uh, Nocturnal years ago. Mm. Him and Joby were there, and Allie also. Nice people. Um, do you want to walk us through how you got affiliated with theories? What were you doing prior to that? Um, prior to that, I mean, I guess the long short is I started working at Kinetic Skate Shop. Um, theories came through on like a little weekend thing. I got linked up to like tour guide them. It must have been right either before or after Static came out, Static 4 and 5. Um, and then I just kind of kept in contact with Josh and we would just email back and forth. And those dudes came to Philly to do that pop-up, uh, film with them for like a week. And then, yeah, I guess just, you know, maintaining a relationship and filming and kind of like putting dudes in front of their face. I ended up being a uh, filmer, team manager what have you for TOA starting this year. And what were you doing prior to that? I was actually working at uh, an emergency animal hospital right across the street from Rizzo Skate Park, Front Street, whatever you people want to call it these days. I was uh, running lab work at an emergency 24-7 vet hospital. Fulfilling work, boring work. What was the day-to-day -day like there? It was kind of fulfilling just because like, a lot of what doctors and nurses like next move kind of relies on you. So you're kind of like that, that point person on whatever, you know, test you run kind of determine what they're going to do. 
but uh, I kind of did like the same, you work with like the same five machines. So after a while, it kind of becomes a little uh, easy and repetitive, but it was, I mean, it was interesting for sure. It's awesome some kind of wild shit, saw some cute shit, saw some scary shit. Got it. And as you've transitioned into working with theories, what's your day to day like there? Um, well, I guess I was, I was put on retainer last year. What was that 2021? 20, yeah. I did like a little bit of stuff here and there for them in like 2019, 2020. And then I got put on retainer in 2021. It's just like filming point person. Um, and then, yeah, I guess now my day to day is, you know, the classic like emails. I'll check in with a bunch of like team dudes. Um, if there's like a project going on, I'll try to organize like a trip or if people want to come into town and stay with me, post stuff on Instagram, make sure people have product. Um, we have like constantly we'll have like meetings about like little things within people in the office. Uh, I'll do like shit on QuickBooks. I'll check in with our web guy, I, you know, small company. So you kind of wear like a lot of hats. Yeah. It sounds as if the container's pretty wide that they have you on. Are there any oddities that some team riders will request or uh, pet peeves some riders may have uh, about product? I think maybe and this is, you know, somehow this ends up back to them. It's no, it's no diss, but probably the, the funniest, most specific thing I've gotten requested from a team rider is only pink top skateboards. That's, uh, I was going to say respectable, but I don't know if that's the word I want to use. That's unique. Yeah, that's a, it's a, it's a tough one. And so how does that work? Cause you're not necessarily in the warehouse to to manage um, that so how does that work yeah it's a gamble because you don't know how many of whatever size board that person skates in that you know whatever grade. you don't know what's what's what so all i can do is put a note to the warehouse saying prefer pink tops and you know see what happens <laughs> yeah what comes to mind is like a krill tap board i feel as if i've always skated one that has a pink top so that's an interesting uh preference have you talked to this person about that why did they prefer the pink top they just uh they just think it's mad fly yo and those are their direct words huh uh loose quote okay got it if i if i want to be really specific they request a pink top just like cameron's lambo (laughs) i admire that that's a yeah Kind of skateboard to uh try and acquire consistently huh yeah okay so you wear a lot of hats at theories what's been the most recent project that you worked on with them video wise well we're finishing up i actually just kind of submitted it today to thrasher but a dial tone edit that has like a lot of the team dudes introduces a new guy and then you know ends with the full part from um, Mark Del Negro, if you guys are familiar, um, working on a picture show edit for fall right now, and wrapping up a uh, a full Nile Lover part for theories that should be out in October. And I guess maybe from the beginning we should have said this, but what brands are currently under theories? I know that some have popped in and popped um, out. Can you give us the full roster? 
Yeah. So, uh, so there's, there's two different tiers to this, right? So there's brands we distribute and then in-house brands. So if it's an in-house brand, we're in charge of like A to Z, you know what I mean? Um, and in-house brands are theories, brand traffic, picture show dial tone. And then we help out a lot with Jamal at hops. And then distribution-wise, it's Magenta, Studio, Isle, and then we just picked up Yard Sale. And then that's it, I think. Got it. Is there a specific company or brand under the distribution that you prefer to work with or have the most fun working with? I know you have some good creative control over the videos and whatnot, but is there one in particular that you favorite? No, not really, because every every which one has like a different crew. So it's kind of, you know, if I go on a traffic trip, it's going to be a different feel than if I go on like a theories brand trip. And it's going to be a different feel that if I go in the city and, you know, skate with hop students and that's going to be a different feel than if I go on like a picture show trip. I enjoy them, them all. Um, definitely, you can have the most fun like not skating maybe on a traffic trip if you catch my drift um but probably the uh, i mean maybe just because i'm i'm wrapping it up right now but dialton edits are always fun just because there's so much you can kind of like do and play with with that brand and, and it it has so many different like riders you know what i mean you have like someone from like aaron harrington to mark Rashad down in DC to fucking Xander in Canada to Jordan in New, in New Orleans. You know what I mean? So that one's kind of fun too. Cause there's just so many different people you can like pick and choose from, but I love them all equally. And you're not just being paid to say that, right? No, no, not really. <laughs> I mean, technically. Yeah, but no. Sure. I mean, I can't Gen- think of anyone any- feelings. Yeah, I can't think of any fluff that's under theories or like if they would ever add on something that doesn't seem to with it or uh, I want to say on brand, but it's more on distribution for them. No, and I mean, we get hit up, um, not to be like, well, we get hit up all the time, but it's like, yo, we, we get hit up all the time and some of the shit's like, oh, fuck, we should probably like talk about this. And some of the stuff's just like, you know, eye roll, you know what I mean? Um but no, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's super, it's super interesting. And it's, and it's, I'm very thankful and, uh, blessed as you could say to have a full-time skate job on the East coast. Cause that shit's kind of non-existent really, you know? And it's pretty much remote too. I mean, that's hard to say. Cause like you're always on the move filming stuff, but the fact that you you don't have to really go in office, maybe it's just post pandemic. It's kind of a normal thing, but that yeah, seems like a like, pretty luxurious thing. Post pandemic, obviously everyone started working from home and we kind of still, everyone still kind of works from home just because it's like, you know, everyone kind of got used to it. So it's like, Oh, why spend the money to have an office if we don't really know what that looks like right now. Um, but yeah, no, yeah, work where if I'm doing computer stuff, uh, I'm at home. But yeah, a lot of the time it's either, you know, either on a trip, out filming or trying to get stuff for social media. So yeah, it's nice because every day is every day is different. And you know, I can kind of tap into 
any of those brands on a given day and kind of work on what needs to be worked on. Got it. Brian, Ian, any questions for Jake? I actually had one that flows right into what you were just saying, going out filming for a project versus filming for social media. Do you intentionally go out with a trick in mind, filmer in mind, skater in mind for a clip for the gram? Or does it just kind of happen naturally while something else is being filmed? I would say it kind of happens naturally, but sometimes like, like for example, uh, Kevin Coakley was just staying with me this past weekend. And I was like, damn, yo, Kev, we never get iPhone clips. He's like, he's like super, I don't want to say, I guess you could say it's old school, but I would just say traditional where he's like, yo, my clips, my, my footage is my video parts. Right. But I'm just like kind of giving him like a little bit of like a hard time. Like, and we never get iPhone clips. We never get iPhone clips. And then, you know, turns out we got a couple iPhone clips and now he's all like stoked out. He's like, Oh dude, this is sick. Like, cause he thinks it's like, okay. And it's true. It's, it's, it's tough because the stuff, the spots that we skate, how we skate, how we film, you don't want to like, if, if we find a spot and it's like, okay, you're going to backtail it. If, you know, people really haven't seen it or there's not much been done on it. You don't want to post someone 50 it. You're kind of like, in my eyes, you're kind of ruining the surprise of the spot for people, even though people see something one day and it's gone tomorrow. So it is kind of like, you kind of have to like pick and choose your battles. But I wouldn't say I, I, I go out on a certain day and be like, okay, today I'm just filming phone. I kind of just like it to come naturally. Or if like, I'm like, yo, you could do this and you could do this. If it's already like a well-known spot on a phone and just kind of like push someone in that direction. That makes sense. I like that approach. Is it almost entirely based on what you're filming it on, whether it ends up on social or in the video? Does anything filmed like on a real camera ever just end up right on the gram? Mm, no, unless I'm doing like a little, like I'm working on like for Theory's brand, we, we have like a, a Plaza Jean that we make. And I did like a little VX edit for that. That kind of basically went on the gram. And right now I'm working on one for our Plaza Jean shorts. So like that'll be VX, but it'll go straight on the gram. But um, no, if, if, if it's a spot, it won't. If it's a spot that like, you know, isn't seen or, you know, does a, has a specific trick for it, I won't even like whip out the phone. I think that answered your question, right? Oh yeah, that, that's, that's exactly okay. what I was kind of thinking about. And then uh, last, last follow-up on that one. Uh, what's the shortest amount of time between you filmed the trick and someone texts you, hey, can you send me that? Um, that all depends on the person. Um, you don't have to name names, but you can. If you no, want to. no, I know. I'm just trying to think because it has happened a couple of times recently. Sometimes it's like literally as we're watching it for the first time, like through the viewfinder on the on the on the phone, someone will be like, yo, yo, send it to me, send it to me, send it to me. And I'm like, OK, yeah. And then sometimes if we're working on a project and they're trying to figure out like where they're at. Or if they're like thinking that maybe, oh, I didn't land that a certain way or, you know, blah, blah, blah. Sometimes it's like, hey, can you just send that to me? And some people, though, I know better to send them their clips because it'll it'll either just end up being seen by like too many homies or it'll maybe, unfortunately, sometimes end up 
on the internet because they think it's like, oh, I didn't think we were going to use that. But luckily that one doesn't happen too much. But yeah, no, I, I have to say every person's different. But there are a couple of people that are like, like literally I'll be getting out my phone to film it off the camera. They'll be like, yo, can you send me that? Like, yeah, I'll send it to you. Yeah, there should be some type of trust with the skater because, you know, you're there putting in the work just as much as they are. And I guess for just self-critiquing and feedback, it helps to get the clip. But if they're going to hold on to it and then show it and post it, I think that's uh, not the coolest yeah. look. But I will say that most of your projects are usually all footage I haven't seen before. Maybe a photo or two is scattered along the way. But I applaud you for trying to keep everything pretty tight knit for projects. Yeah. Uh, I, we all really like the, uh, Josh and I like the element of surprise, you know, everything, everything comes and goes so quick these days. And if you can just capture people's attention, at least, you know, for like nowadays, it's like, you're lucky if a project lasts a week online, but if you can at least, you know, show someone something new for like a little bit, uh, I feel like it means a little more these days than it, than it does. Like, yo, like my biggest pet peeve. And this is like a little off topic, but let's say a video project comes out on fucking, you know, Thrasher tomorrow and everyone is posting their last trick in that video on the internet. It's like, homie, I haven't even watched this yet. Maybe I won't watch it till this weekend. Like, why is everyone posting this person's last trick? And the video came out hours ago. Like that shit blows my mind. It kind of reminds me how some trailers give away too much to the point where you feel as if you've seen the movie. So why would you bother buying a ticket to go see it? Yeah. I also love these days, the, uh, the promos for videos and the video comes out and it's like six or seven minutes long, but the promo is like a minute long. I'm like, was that necessary? I know getting footage is tough. Editing footage is tough too. So maybe finding a moment to reuse stuff or maybe people just kind of, put in the towel and they're just saying yeah. well it's going to get consumed either way if i at least put it out there now and create some interest that's you know ideally one of the heavier hitting tricks it gets people clicking heading yeah. over to watch it i don't but know then maybe you there's, go and watch yeah. it and then you're like you're like the last trick comes up you're like oh dope i already seen that like the the element of surprise and like the shock and the feeling it's supposed to give you is like completely gone in my opinion yeah. And then maybe I'm thinking about how with the younger kids, they don't even remember what they saw on Instagram. They just have it hardwired that they want to see something. So even if they do see it, it, it almost seems fresh. Maybe that's how some people operate too when they consume this. Yeah. Just giving devil's advocate on that one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Ian, anything to ask Jake? Do you have a, a favorite person to film with? And if you're feeling risky, a least favorite person or maybe most difficult person to film with? I won't name a least favorite person. Just uh, not, that, not, that, not that one comes to mind. I mean, you have a b pretty big roster of people you could be out with, so it seems tough to narrow it down and say, oh, yeah, they're yeah. the worst one. Not that this yeah. is a rapid fire, but just out of curiosity, you know? Yeah, I mean, everyone's different. Um, everyone has like their different quirks and their different ways and approaches and everything. I mean, obviously, because he's been my good friend for a while, uh, I'll say my one of my favorite persons to film with is Mark uh, Del Negro. He just looks so dope on a skateboard and everything he does is just 
amazing. Um, uh, since he was just here, I'll say Niall Lovett. He's another fucking goat who just gets gets amazing footage, and it's just so he could. He's so good at skating, and I kind of wish he was like a little cocky, but he's like so humble where it's like almost annoying. Like he'll do like a fucking crazy tech ledge trick and and tries. And you're just like, and he's just like, oh man, was that good? And I'm like, dude, I wish you just would be like, yo, that was banging. You know what I mean? Just like a little, give me a little bit of cockiness. It'll make it a little bit more funnier. Uh, but yeah, Mark, Niall, I love. Um, I love filming with Trahan. Filming with Trahan's fucking mad fun. Just does some of the craziest shit that shouldn't be possible. Um, and uh, I love filming with James Sayers too on Traffic. He's uh he's like one of the funniest people, and I always have a good time with him. But I, obviously, I love filming with everyone. But those those guys, I have always have great sessions with. Good to know. Gonna ask some. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, actually, yeah, my yeah, least yeah. favorite person to film is Josh Stewart. You can oh, add shit. gunshots in post, right? Yeah, we, we can, can figure it. something out. Yeah. Love you, Josh. Tell us about that. Why, Josh? Because he always gets close to bangers, but he's never given one to me. Not yet. I guess you got to keep knocking. I do applaud yeah. him, though, for like keeping the tricks he does put out. Like the ones I have seen. I think of the back nose blunt I think he does in one of the statics on one of those New York banks. Like the stuff he has put in his own videos have been pretty tasteful. So I like that. And yeah. I applaud him for I mean, it. Static one, I think he posted the raw footage not too long ago, but he three flips over this rail in the bank and in LA and it's fucking steep and he got, he gets worked for it. He fucking, he goes, he goes hard. Once he starts trying a trick, he doesn't stop until they can't walk anymore. But I, I love recently the, the pandemic turned him into the selfie soldier and he was going hard on, on selfies for a while there. Is his back still all messed up? I remember seeing oh, yeah, a photo yeah. of him in an upside down back brace type of uh, contraption. Yeah, his back will probably, unfortunately, forever be jacked. Just years, years of filming and skating, and yeah, who knows? He's, the, yeah, he's, he, he's 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 gone and seen every type of specialist you can think of. Um, and yeah, he just kind of he just kind of deals with the pain which is kind of crazy but um yeah he's still out in these streets though labor of love mm -hmm. um ian anything else to ask okay i have, I have one thing and then some other things you know naturally like this goes um as a filmer that works with this brand do you feel as if some people may find you intimidating you consider yourself an intimidating person here's your chance um, to make yourself <laughs> feel however you want to people <laughs> i i don't think i'm an intimidating person but i mean i am tall and kind of big and have resting bitch face so maybe people do think i'm in intimidating but i'm you know i'm really not but i don't know i'm socially awkward too sometimes so maybe i just feel like staring in the corner and people are like oh this dickhead but i try not to be i don't intentionally be yeah i think maybe the fact that you're to the side a lot of the time could come off as intimidating 
but I can vouch. I don't, I don't think that way. I was just curious if you felt as if some people might feel that way. I hope not. Yeah. And we, now we, we set the record straight. You're just a little bit taller. That's easy to work with. Now we know. Um, I don't want to say that this is a rapid fire of sorts, but I listed off some things that I think you have some background with or appreciation for, and I just wanted to hear you go off a little bit. So don't think of it as a rapid fire. Like, yeah, I'm into that. Like, feel free to go in and we'll see where this conversation goes. Does that sound okay, Jake? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Fire away, my G. All right. EA Skate, the video game. Oh, dude. That shit, that shit raised me. Uh, yeah, I fucking love EA Skate. I, I grew up playing it, making like little videos and stuff. Um, that shit was mad dope. I mean, basically, like, that helped me a lot out with editing because you could kind of, as a kid, you could basically film a clip and like download it and make videos. So, like, I feel like that as a kid, just like having access to an unlimited amount of clips, like you can kind of like figure out like, Oh, this is how you edit. Like, Oh, cool. Like, you know, that shit was, that shit was great. Brian has a little claim to flame claim to fame. Also, if you want to flex that real quick, Brian, man, I was already going to bring up EA skate later and I will, but yeah, sure. If, if, if you want me to flex, I got the, what did Eric Logan call it? The chill quarter mill. Uh, the uh, fully flared Mike Mo remake part. Oh, that was you? Yeah, that was me. Oh, sick. Definitely watch that. Too many people watch that. <laughs> the chill quarter mill. That's chill <laughs> quarter mill. Too bad you can't monetize that. I've never made a penny off YouTube. And I never will. Damn. Bummer. Maybe you gotta do... Uh... I don't know. I'm curious what the future will hold for skateboarding games. EA Skate was a big pivotal one. And if the fourth jumps off, who knows what'll happen. But there are also like five, like five other skateboarding games now that all seem as if they're on someone's radar. It's kind yeah. of interesting how Skate at one point was the only one, but now the reissues of the Tony Hawk games, I think, got people back in. And then also what Session and Sessions, Skater XL. Yeah. Unfortunately, I, I keep tabs on all of them just because, you know, that was a big part of my, my childhood. Um, I haven't probably played any skate games since I was like 17 or 18. But um, yeah, it all went downhill after, after Skate 2, in my opinion. It's a hot take. Ian gives a thumbs up. Ian, do you want to weigh in on the subject? Ian shakes his head no. Okay, we'll move to the next thing. Grindcore house coffee. Oh, dude. Right. We've got some Please. today. Every day. Actually, just just yesterday, I got a grindcore coffee. And it got handed to me. And it had a little had a little sticker on it of a little dinosaur skating. So it's like, you know, they know. They know what's up. And it's like, yo, so many people come and stay at my house to film, like people on TOA. And a lot of them are vegan and it's right down the street from my house. So it's like super convenient to go get breakfast and coffee there. And uh, yeah, no, fucking, fucking love it. Um, uh, Theories Grindcore collab coming soon. Is that true? Uh, no, but I'm going to manifest it. 
Yeah, I think that seems feasible. I've seen you post about it. I don't know why it shouldn't happen. They seem actually let me back up a little bit. I I kind of have an issue with how they haven't reopened their seating area at all post pandemic. Okay, okay. Well, yeah, you do- know, I talked I talked to the owner the other week and she told me why because I asked her. And so I mean, the long short is they had to expand their their kitchen and their kitchen menu for the pandemic to make money to make more money to you know even out like how much money they were making before the pandemic to post since they had shorter hours and making less money whatever and so she was basically saying since they have such an expansive food menu now and they have to use so much more space that it it would be impossible for them to open up inside given how much space they have to use for food prep now now we know that's important information. You know. Yeah. Breaking thanks news. for that tidbit. Have you ever worked yeah, at a welcome. service job? Uh, yeah, I was a bar back and food runner at the Pope. I don't think I knew that. Yeah, it was a short stint. Lasted maybe six months, but um, it was cool. Got it. Okay. Well, South Philly, you heard it first here. Why Grindcore Coffee is a letting people back in now i can respect it all right that's good uh we'll move to the next bit feel free to say a little bit or say a lot of bit we're pretty good on time matt militano oh you mean the goat you could say that sure is that how you feel uh no i'm just i'm I'm being sarcastic no matt's matt's cool i grew up with him uh at a very young age him Linky, giorgio neil that was like the squad. Are you um, from Douglasville? No, no, no. I'm from I'm from uh, right outside of Westchester, Pennsylvania. Doylestown. Exton. Exton. Okay. Exact town yeah. name. I used to go to uh, uh, Discovery Zone in Exton when I was younger. Oh, dope! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I did way too. back. Pretty sick. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, Matt's Matt's awesome. He's he's doing his thing. He's on fiber. I want to see the part. I'm sure he's killing it. Um, kind of grew apart over the years but yeah he's always uh he's still getting it definitely uh we'll move on yeah he is he is i know i know two one in a million oh wait no he he never won one in a million i was gonna say i know two one in a million winners but i don't i wonder if they'll bring that back it seems as if it has uh i hope not time yeah for a reboot i think i think it died at a perfect time the last one was pretty rough. I don't know if they can rectify it. It could have died yeah, a year earlier. It's no longer one in a million. It's now it's just uh, one in one in reels, one in TikTok. Who's the other winner you were referring to? Oh, Kevin Coakley. He won one in a million. Yeah, Coke Fuck smoke yeah, early baby. on. Damn, I didn't know that. That's crazy. I got a I got a dope picture of him holding his one in a million winning. Uh, cricket board with his name on it if you want me to send for uh the socials absolutely yeah yeah all right we'll move on to um yeah we got like three more uh cigs what's your cig of choice if you're still smoking uh, yeah so for a while it was marlboro reds and then i realized that those things i mean they're all bad for you but those things are really bad for you so then I switched over to American Spirit Blacks. And then uh, recently I'm on the, uh, the light blue turquoise kick. 
Ian approves. Okay. American spirit. Have you ever rolled them on your own? No, I can't roll. No, got it. Um, this one's a little bit more current with news. Luckily, we're up to date and we're going to post this in pretty good turnaround time. The uh, Abe Bench, how do you feel about that? How it's kind of become a comedy thing, jumping from New York to Philly? Um, damn. I mean, it's, it's funny for what it is. Um, as long as Abe approves, I guess it doesn't matter. As long as dad's down. That's interesting. Do you feel as if we're going to start to see more DIY and skate spot items being removed? I know I was eyeing up a flat bar the other day in Jersey. That almost seemed comical to take. I think this is the first of many um, devious looks in the skate community. Maybe. I think you have to have um, a lot of time, money, and motivation to hit uh, a 300-pound 13 lick from Tompkins to Philly. Um, So I guess it takes a certain type of person. But, um, yeah, you know, I hope it makes its way to uh, Pulaski or it. It would have been really funny if it was that shit just ended up on like a beach and that was like the stolen picture, I think. Just like the complete like can't do anything. Where the fuck is this? Nailed uh, in on was, the wildwood boardwalk or something. Yeah. People are yeah, sitting on it, been, just that chilling. Been really funny. Um but yeah, you know, I hope uh, I hope Abe Abe Bench. I wish Abe Bench nothing but the best. As long as Abe approves. I'm curious if it I no, never mind, I won't say that. Uh, I think it would be funny if it ended up in random not skate spots, though. I just hope yeah. it doesn't get trashed or we lose track of it. I know Philly has had a bad history with, you know, robots coming cool. into the city and getting beaten the shit out of. Yeah. Uh, forget also, the name of that like, robot. Things at Cecil get taken all the time. So I hope someone's locking it up or something. See, I think it has some funny potential. And I was joking about this earlier at the uh, skate shop that I, and I, I backtracked on it at first, but I think if it ended up at FDR in the actual course, like as an actual thing, yeah, there or in the actual park, like I I thought it'd be funny if it ended up on top of the pyramid and people were skating it there and like popping it down. Yeah. It has some funny potential where I think you could almost link it to something else, which would be pretty funny to me. For sure. As long as Ava approves, man. Yeah. And I know you're a hatsman. And I think I've only seen you without a hat one time early in the morning because we bump into each other every now and again (laughs) that early, you know, 630-ish or so. Um, Your current hat of choice, what is it? Or do you have a few in rotation? Lately, I've been stuck on fitteds. Um, Detroit Tigers black fitted or the uh, classic Phillies uh, burgundy fitted. Some quality hats. Where do you get a fitted yeah. from nowadays? Fucking newera.com. Not a plug. Just saying. Okay. Just saying. Damn, if they sent the box, that would be dope. I don't think you have that kind of pull, though, unfortunately, my G. That's a collab, maybe, with Theory. Is this Theory going to do a fitted hat? Um, the minimums are crazy. So you've looked into it? Yeah. Okay. You must have a bunch of questions for us before we talk about the video. Is there anything? 
a bunch of questions. I mean, the only real uh, bone I have to pick is, uh, you know, I listened to a little bit of the Static Breed podcast, which I was excluded from when I specifically asked to be included in it. And some people had negative things to say about Pat Steiner's perfect part. And I don't know if those those uh, people are in here right now, but um, I wasn't happy. I will defend Pat's perfect part honor. Perfect part. I don't know if we've yeah. touched on what the perfect part looks like, but we can we can dive into this. I forget exactly what we were saying. Song, editing, song, yeah. Trick selection, spot selection. That part is that part is amazing. That is a that is a top ten part in my opinion. And I'm not saying that because I work with him. And I'm not <laughs> saying that because I have to. But that part is chef's kiss. Okay. You're making me want to delete my whole Google Doc some, notes and start some, over. Some, some people had some bad things to say about it, and I was not happy. So I know I gave um the lost the video award because I think the other parts in there just shine a little bit more for me. Not to say that Pat's part doesn't shine. He does have key moments, but I think in the longevity of it, I didn't really care for the song in the second song something okay, about it but tell me but that's tell me, me you know you watch that part and you don't find yourself later that day fucking going Ooh, baby <laughs> it might have happened that's a that's a key to a good part whether you like the song or not if the song sticks with you you're fucked yeah some people say that the bread of a sandwich is the biggest thing but i also feel as if a song can sometimes be the biggest thing to a part I don't know. Maybe I maybe I have to rewatch it again. I, I've done my fair share of watching that video, but I think that part for me isn't the one that I revisit. And again, I'm, this is my opinion. I'm one person. I'm, oh, I could you're, be you're wrong. talking like yeah. You're talking like you're guilty. Are you the one that was trashing Pat Steiner? I mean, I I said he lost the video, and then I think oh, I went into yeah. reasoning. But, huh. you know, there's like five people in the video, so 20% chance. That's true. That's fucked. And who else Who else could lose it? Tony Manfrey's part's so good. Yeah. Damn, where's, where's Tony where's at good. now? I don't know, but maybe he cashed in on all the dunks he was wearing because he wears a lot of good ones in there. Nah, he skated all of them. Yeah. I will say, though, he is Pat is a dedicated half-cab skater and i can appreciate that there's there's one clip where he's wearing mantecas in florida and that's about it but i don't let him forget that that yeah his pants are a little bit tighter in that line too i think i know which one you're talking about because i think we even deliberated like oh is that a dc shoe that's kind of interesting it is that's his only dc shoe clip in that entire part <laughs> was he flowed for them at one point yeah probably oh, okay because i think in via he also has some dc clips too wearing them probably left uh, everything in v is probably left over from static i think that's how the timeline works that's interesting because he pulls a full part in via also mm -hmm. must be nice the leftovers turn into another part it's good i could be um, wrong but I, I think that's how that that timeline works all right so let's not forget our main focus for today brian ian and jake is to talk about static 2 brian out of curiosity if you had to buy a copy of static 2 let's assume you're buying you're down for this nostalgia uh how much would you pay for a copy of static 2 in 2022 
I would go. Be careful. Be careful. So it's not fair because I, I know how much it's going for, but I would say twenty-five. Wow, 25. That's the, I think you're saying it just because I'm here. You know, you can go to theoriesofatlantis.com and buy a copy right now for, I believe it's uh, twelve ninety-nine. I can double check that. Oh, there you go. Yeah, might I, be, I think might, that's might be way, fifteen. I think that's way under what it could be going for. Yeah. And we'll talk about a potential price you could pay for Static 2 in a second. But Ian, what about you? We heard 25, we heard 12-ish. How much would you pay for a copy of Static 2 in 2022? Well, I'm rewriting my whole script over here because we have a Theories employee <laughs> on with us. So I'm going to say 50 bucks. Did you, not, did, you not, did you not tell them? Did you not give them a warning? He probably did, but I, I have a history of not paying attention to Carl's messages, so... And this one's probably on me. It's not I that I get left on red. No, I have I have red receipts off for that reason. <laughs> hmm. One of us is also an Android user, so we don't have that luxury. Oh, called an air of mystery. Yeah, an air of Lindsay Robertson. Yeah, you like that, <laughs> Jake? Let's imagine yeah. that. Uh, no, let's say it's still 2022, and you work for Theories. How much would you pay for a copy? Um, like the, the, the cocky canceled answer is I would just go into our system and send myself a copy for free, but, uh, yeah, no, I'd pay 15 bucks, 15 bones. It's a solid, yeah. what is, what's the, what's the runtime? Probably like 51 minutes, 53. It's up there and you have bonuses, which I know are a UFO sighting and some bonus footage, which is like five oh, yeah. minutes or so. Yeah, you went to um, Area 51 for the video, yeah. Yeah. You could have paid $25 if you went to our official sponsor, thesecrettape.com, where the caption is, Theodore was definitely getting the best head. Do you know what that's a reference to? No. that's Wait, Josh made that caption on something? No, this is the secret tape. Theodore was definitely getting the best head. Yeah, no. I don't know what that's a reference to. It might be in one of the songs. Maybe. Maybe that cool faint song that Paul skates to. Oh, yeah. Maybe. I don't know. But uh, thesecrettape.com, you could have bought it for $25. And that is that. A little bit about the video before we start to talk about it. What a time for Static 2 to be alive and kicking. It came out in 2004. It clocks in at 52 minutes. It was made by filmmaker Josh Stewart. It features the likes of Kenny Reed, John Ige, Wayne Patrick, who I didn't know about until watching this video, Paul Shire, Bobby the Goat Bull, Puleo, and uh, Ricky. call him the goat? Uh, <laughs> I knew that would evoke a response. <laughs> he's, he's, a, he's, he's actually the, the woke, as we call it. Wobi Puleo. Wodi Puleo. Wobi. The worst Bobby of all time. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Oh, this will be a good one. Let's uh, hop into it with some notes. What did I say about this? Well, I guess 
Josh, tell us a little bit about Static 2. Do you have any background information about the video as a whole? How did it come to be? Anything we don't know about? Uh, Josh, do you want me to call Josh Stewart and ask him? Not necessary. If you have so your you own said words. Josh, think... So I was a little confused. Oh, sorry, Jake. Jake, you know, JJ. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Jake, is, is, yeah, um, is there anything? Yeah, I mean, it has probably two of the greatest usage of hip-hop songs and skateboarding involved. Uh, it has the god Ricky L, it has the woke Bobby P, and then it has uh, style god Kenny Reed. Um, definitely, uh, you know, a great watch. It gives you like the little nice, creepy, static vibe you look for. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it's a uh, uh, you know, Paul Shire song will throw you for a little bit of a curveball. That's definitely one of those on on time with the video came out. That song was fire. Uh, did it age well? Unfortunately, Josh, I'm sorry. Uh, in my opinion, it didn't, but it's still a great part. But yeah, no, overall, uh, you know, it's a good one. I made a note that the bo- the intro was a little boring for me. I felt as if these titles each one lasts a little bit longer than I wanted it to. And that's all I really said about the intro. I felt as if it was a missed opportunity uh, instead of having three candles lit up because why there are candles there, I'm not sure. But instead of having three, you could have done two. Or maybe it was a nod to how there was going to be a third one. That's Mm, that's, one thing I I made. It's very possible. Um, I think at that time, making intros like that, was probably like a hard and b like impressive um little little long sure but it definitely sets the uh i think it sets a perfect mood going into ige's part just you know creepy weird and then you you jump into like his like you know very uh uh order more adjectives but his 16 he uses for Ige's part in like dc and surrounding stuff really kind of i thought carried over well from that the b-roll is definitely a quality uh characteristic of this video as a whole i like how he captures the city not just in a typical Here's the Liberty Bell because it's a Philly section. He's capturing other parts of all of these cities. So I think he did that pretty damn well. I will say I did a little bit of research. The uh, the only HD clips in the whole video are in the intro. And I think that maybe contributes to why it feels a little long. Trying to flex that HD, which would have been totally new at the time. Makes sense. Completely agree that it sets the good good tone um but it's not like there's a high rewatch value on it oh and the uh the motion graphics we have talked a lot of shit about a lot of motion graphics over the course of these 84 seasons i think we've done uh they're pretty good don't don't let my presence hold you back uh kobe mcintyre yeah, uh, once I get another beer, it'll be game on. But uh, I like your comment. I mean, you guys kind of covered everything I was going to say about the intro, but I like your point about rewatchability. 
Brian, because if I own this video and I would seen it more than once, I would never, ever watch the intro again. I would just start at Ige's part. So yeah, it's, I guess it's cool the first time around. After that, I would never need to see it again. Yeah, and while we're on that topic, do you want to talk about John's part? Me? Yeah, brother. Well, he really comes out swinging with a switch inward heel, which I thought was a hell of a trick to start the video with, but I liked it a lot. Um, I have this. I'm not as familiar with the static videos as you and I assume Jake are. So when I think of static videos, I think of the Bobby part from this, like more like cellar door east coast skating so watching someone come out of the gates with like flip tricks down stairs was kind of silly for me but the song is really good he's a, he's got a mean switch pop shove it i could watch him do that all day um some standout tricks for me besides every switch pop shove oh he does a switch pop shove switch nose grind in a line too but that was really well done um but some other standout tricks there's this line around the three minute mark where he switch flips into or like over a wall towards a monument and then does a wonky tic-tac and then he blasts the switch heel out of the the monument plaza area you guys know what i'm talking about in the line yeah i had a tough time like figuring out if that was what's this gentleman's name with the audios and also this other line andy honan i had a tough mm -hmm. time figuring out when it switched back to john can Damn, that's like uh, one of the three tricks I wrote down. It's not even Johnny Gay. Damn it. Yeah. Either way, that's not. Are uh, we confirming that's okay. not Johnny Gay? Of course, I don't like have him. it in front of me, but I think when it switches back to Ige, there's a quick 16 shot of oh. Ige's face that gets thrown back in because um, obviously. Uh, I mean, this is, I feel like you guys touched on this in the static three episode, but Josh's whole thing with static is, you know, you give, you give parts to people that necessarily have never had parts or never had the parts that they should have had. Um, and Ige was one of those skaters where you got a little bit of him and ride or die, but you always wanted more. Right. Um, but also someone like Ige who like put on for DC, you know, Josh will go to DC or, you know, the filmer in DC contributed footage. You know, he has like his homies that are ripping too. And you want those dudes to be seen too. So I think that's when, you know, audio dude came in and have clips and then, you know, uh, all, every, he had everyone on the aesthetics team that had clips, which I thought was awesome. Welsh, some good KT, KT switch flips over a, a crazy ass random gap in, in Newark, Delaware in there. Um, but yeah, I think that, that, that combination of 16 and that fucking song and Ige's like weird ass fucking crazy pop and flip trick selections like that, that part really gives you that feel when that video opens up finally, you know what I mean? There's definitely a feel. I'm looking at a line now that's in DC that he does in sweatpants and it's a pretty ball in line. Uh, so Hands I up cause they're yeah. dropping some shit, you know? Right. And the music works so well with it. A lot of good kits for the time. And I mean, I might even say now I noticed at some point there's a ghetto gown. Have any of you had a ghetto gown phase? 
No. Ian, I feel as if at one point you had a thug phase in high school. Can you confirm or disconfirm? I don't. I wouldn't call it that. I think I got really into Guy Mariano's like plain white shirts or just like plain four star shirts with one little logo on them. So I started wearing like large T-shirts instead of mediums. But like to me, that felt like a dress. But obviously, that wasn't like a true <laughs> Canadian ghetto gown. So I, I wouldn't call it a gown phase per se. Probably just a Guy Mariano white shirt and bigger brown pants phase. I'm just picturing you looking in the mirror and thinking like, yeah, this kind of feels like a dress. <laughs> it was more like a like a looking down, like body dysmorphia thing. Like the shirt's so fucking long. Like if I went any longer, it's going to be touching my shoelaces. And obviously it wasn't that bad, but I'll see if I can find a picture for you or some clips. Yeah, pull that up, Jamie. Um, one note I have about the intro is that it seems as if it could have easily been in Dark Star Battalion. It just has, you know, John standing there. And you can see his full body. It's not like the upper half or anything. Uh, it reminds me of Battalion with this. So I guess, Jake, do you think that's what he was going for? Uh, no, Carl, I don't think that's what he was going for. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Um, Y'all pretty much talked about everything. The switch inward heel and the tray flip catch you by surprise. It's kind of crazy to think that this is a static video looking back on it with such heavy tricks to lead this off. I love the appreciation John has for switch burial flips. He makes them look good. I like how he throws in switch hard flips and switch pop shove it's both ways off that bump. He also switch hard flips a double set in Miami, which feels as if it was pretty damn crazy for the time. Uh, yeah, the pretty... jungle, the jungle curve double set, right? Yeah. Yeah. Fun fact, um... I like that in iPaths in uh twenty. 20- Shit, it might have been the new year, t- January 2011, or maybe December 2010. One of those. We took a Damn. trip down to Atlanta and then Miami, and we went there. It's documented. Maybe I'll pull that uh, up, Jamie. But go ahead. One thing I will say about if we're segueing out of Ige's part is I do, I do agree. If you if you look at you know the Static Collective as a whole Ige is very uh the style of skating in his part is very non-static but uh when i think of you know uh some of the greatest my favorite static parts from all of them i think Ige is definitely comes to mind which i think is interesting it's not it's not a uh it wouldn't it's not a on you know it's not a brand static isn't a brand but it's not you know who i would think knowing josh would pick as a static part but i thought it was a great choice of being a curveball and you got to use that fucking song which is amazing yeah it's not necessarily a bad thing that he doesn't fit the mold of the rest of the video like i felt the same way about tony manfrey's part in three but it was one of the more memorable parts for me like he's still brings it all together and makes it all work even if it's not like i said seller wars yeah love that we love we love a curveball yeah yeah what i'm now thinking of is what henry sanchez is to sight unseen john's part is to static too it it works with the whole video it's kind of by surprise maybe it's because they both use rap and skate a lot of the bay area but it works well and it's one to revisit 
Am I crazy for that? Does that seem like no. a good? No, reference? you're not crazy. That's that's a good. Uh, that's a good compare and contrast. Yeah, I like the comparison. I think it helps a lot that he had the first part, so you don't have anything else to compare it to yet. If if his part had been in the middle, it would have probably seemed really out of place. Despite how absolutely amazing that song is, and and the skating too. I mean, I was also really big aesthetics fan at the time so this was always yeah. a fun rewatch for me um i said i was going to bring up ea skate again that one that that aesthetics graphic like the one iconic one is like one of my favorites of all time i i remade it in ea skate because that's that's the point i was at in my life then i the, uh the classic a yeah, yeah, the, D- like the, the DMX A. Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. I'll definitely send a photo of that for the for the socials too. Yeah, pull that up, Jamie. <laughs> uh, Brian, while we have you on the horn, do you want to continue to talk about Paul's part? Shit, I had a couple things to say about John, but sure. No, no, we can stay on John if you want. <laughs> Did we miss something? Go ahead. Oh, uh, well, there's there's a lot of stuff that was covered. Um, or I just wrote it down in other words. Uh, I feel like this part could come out tomorrow and it would still get some good attention. That style of skating just holds up better over time, in my opinion. Uh, Editing-wise, I really liked the the Philly Step little session he had with the Nolly Crook, then kickflip 50180 out, and then he front noses the top and he switches to to film for that one. I thought that looked cool and worked well with the song. Again, props to the editing. Um, fun fact, or maybe just a fact, <laughs> Johnny Gay had had uh, had multiple guest tricks in Andy Honan's Logic part two years before this. So having multiple guest clips in John's part in this video felt really natural. Yeah, that's so but, like him. That's Logic 10, for uh, for those of you who haven't seen it, the iconic Logic 10 video. I love J.R.U. a lot, but god damn, his lyrics do not hold up over time. What part in particular doesn't hold up? Uh, it's just certain words he uh, chooses to throw out there that I feel like our uh, people have been canceled for less. Got it. I won't hey, roll it back, but... Yeah, he's a woke <laughs> rapper. You can't cancel him. <laughs> uh, on the uh, on the other side of the song spectrum, Paul Shire's part. That that faint song cements this part in this time period. And I'm not even saying it as someone who dislikes the faints. I saw them a couple years ago. And it was fun. It was free, but it was fun. Uh, I swear, we, we say this for every Shire part, but it just feels like classic Shire. And I thought to myself, how many... What's the minimum requirement of parts someone has to have where you feel like, oh, this is classic this guy, before you can actually say classic this guy? Uh, maybe one. What comes to mind is Clyde Dixon. I feel as if if you've seen one Clyde Dixon part, you know there's going to be a front nose blunt and uh, some other chicanery. 
but you know, you could also say more than one. Like, look at uh, this is a funny example, but look at Chris Cole in Bloom, and then Chris Cole ride the sky. He has more lines and more uh, techiness mm-hmm. on ledges, but there's also a hammer time as well. So, which one would be the classic Cole for you? I don't know. Ride the sky is a pretty good one, but in Bloom is also good too. Yeah, ride the sky is classic Cole. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm with you. Um, I will say it is uh, retrospectively, it is quite bold to go from J. Rue to to Paul's song, the Faint song, to then right back into fucking core '90s hip hop. Um, I think I said it earlier, but Paul's song definitely uh, brings you back to a certain time period. You know, um, it's a great song. Uh, maybe didn't age well. Still a great part, but I do love. I I really get a a piece of his personality, and I think that kind of makes the part a lot with that intro, where he's writing the postcard and you know did a little bit of partying. Saw you here, miss you. Like I thought that that segment was really great. Yeah, what's that, that song he uses for the photos? I don't know. Yeah, you know how we do. I don't know the name of it, but I, I just know that part forever in my head. Yeah, forever. I think that comes up more than um, Pat Steiner's Static 3 song. Canceled. That song is uh, by Mount Sims. <laughs> Never heard of him. Yep, same. Great song. Yeah. Th- that That intro was like, I thought it was clever. I thought it was a little weird because the the humor was good, but in a video that didn't really have any humor yet. I know we're skipping ahead, but when it comes back, it definitely pays off. Um, One thing I noticed that the the voiceover was at least three times longer than whatever he fit on that postcard. (laughs) You know how they edit these things after production. Or after filming, right? You mean he didn't film it sitting down in the middle of the that little plaza there? Well, all right. I guess that changes my rating for the video. Yeah, you might want to go back and change your notes up. Uh, what did I say? I love the drinking photos at the beginning. It uh, It's a rare thing to see comedy thrown into... I don't want to wait. No, there's some comedy in the later ones. Specifically three is what I'm thinking of. I don't remember too much from one, but it's nice to almost have that uh, behind the curtain. This is funny to us bit. I think this is the worst song in the video, as we've already (laughs) kind of talked about. Uh, Brian, don't you have an infamous quote on here saying that he has never popped more than he had to? Is that you? Uh, yeah, I don't know if it's infamous because I think it was only from one episode ago, but yeah, he's, he's never, what did I say? He's never popped an inch higher than he had to. Yeah. I feel like he'd agree with you on that. I mean, yeah, where he falls short, he picks up in other, uh, areas such as he does go fast. And I think this part shows it, his quick footedness, his quality. He's got great footwork. Yeah, 
And I think it's pretty great. Maybe it shows the time a little bit, how he has a chain on in some of these clips. I think that's pretty badass. What do you mean? People are still wearing chains today, man. Yeah, but the ones that he has in this, geez, look like uh, what comes to mind is this line. It's like, it's there for sure. It's not like a tucked under the shirt. It's like out and up there. And go look at this thing. Flexing that blueprint check, man. With that DBS shirt too. Money. Um, the one thing uh, I kind of have noted on uh, Paul's part is and this kind of happened in Ige's section too where it's you know Ige has a lot of really good clips but then it's it's you don't realize it until like later on but it's carried very well by friends clips and Paul's part is like that too where you get a lot of Paul and you get Paul personality and Paul tricks but it's carried very well and subtly by friends clips as well I think Josh does a good job of having guest tricks in parts where you almost feel as if it's going to transition into them having the full part, but it's sometimes just one or two clips and then it goes back to the first person. I like how he's not afraid to accommodate other uh, guest tricks or to just highlight brands. I mean, we saw the aesthetics one and then with Nick in this, we kind of see a blueprint connection. Mm-hmm. He's made friends with the color blue and endorses it in here. Um, what else uh, did I say? The only other thing I had for Paul's part is I think it's in this section. I'm going off the top of my head, but Paul skate or Nick skates a, a a wooden bench into a brick bank. In Paul's section, correct? He does a trick of parallel. He switch ollies the double set. He hit his head on. He does the front blunt into that bank that Bobby Paleo has beef with. That's yeah. That's a you know keep that keep that one in mind for future for future for when it comes to Bob's part. Oh yeah, oh, we can talk about the the bench drama. Uh, we'll wait till Bob's. Yeah, part. we can hold off. Yeah, we'll just oh, just okay. know. Yeah, this will come back later. That Nick Jensen does a frontside blunt slide on a bench into a bank. Don't don't you forget it. Don't yeah. you forget that that came before Bob's clip. We'll, we'll talk about it. And this is at the nine thirty nine mark. So don't forget it. Um, does anybody know Nick Jensen's age? How old was he when he did the skating? Uh, he's in his late thirties, early forties now. Yeah. So it was probably, he's probably in his like early to mid twenties there maybe. Yeah. Interesting. I try to look online and for some reason it seems as if his age is not found. Yeah. I feel like for some reason he's like, 39 or 40. I don't know why that comes to mind, but anyway, big fan of NJ. Paul's Paul's good too. I almost tripped on this kickflip behind the bench, thinking it was a kickflip, but it's actually a double flip upon further inspection. So that was surprising. I thought he was just trying to kickflip over it after he big flipped it. This is the part that Paul has the he has a double half cap flip on flat too, right? Yeah, that was one I was Iconic. rewinding earlier. It's in there. This line, yeah. Fakey dubs, 180. And then crook pop over. No slide. Yeah, no slide pop over to fakey, which I like how he did that. King of the no slide crook. Great footwork. Yeah, he's good with it. 
Also good with it is if you wanted to support the podcast, we are taking the rest of this thing hostage because we're mean. We have been listening to all my skate videos. We're taking the rest to Patreon now. If you were interested in listening to the rest of this episode and more, you could hit us at patreon.com slash all my skate videos. I don't think you'll regret it. You'll get the full episodes. You'll get a handwritten letter, most likely from one of us. Uh, those are pretty fun to write. If you feel as if you're up for supporting the podcast, which hopefully you are and you enjoyed your time here, feel free to hit us up at patreon.com slash all my skate videos. Jake, you've had a good time so far, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so we'll hopefully keep talking to Jake and keep rapping and I don't know. Maybe we'll talk some more smack. Patreon can get a little, a little more private, a little more dark, but we'll see what happens. Hopefully we see you there.